You're now listening to the Stouffville Pentecostal Church audio podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Our message today was preached by our lead pastor, Pastor Jeff Laird. Have a listen. Have you been following either online or in person? Have you been, have most of you been catching most of these, uh, these Subject to Change series? It's, it's been awesome. But listen, today was, uh, as you know, we were supposed to be outside. But, but beyond that, I wanted to remind everybody that today, exactly today, two years ago, was the grand opening of this building. We had our grand opening weekend two years ago today. Now, you remember that weekend was awesome. We had, uh, we had a big uh, party uh, thing going on. Uh, it was like a carnival here. There was a thousand plus people. Uh, during the day, we had a concert at night on Saturday night, and then on Sunday morning, we had our grand opening service, and uh, together, we celebrated two years ago an extraordinary God miracle that was accomplished right before our eyes, that on that day, we celebrated, we rejoiced, we glorified God, we said, thank you, we laughed, we cried, we went out and ate food off of, off of food trucks. We had a grand old time. And, but during the service, when it was my part to share, we, we talked about, or I talked about, moving forward into greater days. I talked about being thankful for our past, being thankful for all that God has done, but it was time to move on and to move ahead. And it's like you're driving a car. We have a rearview mirror, but your windshield is much bigger right? Because you're meant to look forward a lot more than you're meant to look backward. We are to look backward and we're all and we're thankful for all the blood, sweat and tears and all the sacrifice that all the people, all the pastors, all the members have put into the church from all those years gone by. But as we stood on the precipice of of a new start, a new beginning, it was God come into this house, come into us and give us, Lord, greater days Give us, as Haggai said, the greater glory that is yet to come. Give us, Lord, more people for the kingdom of God. Give us more miracles, more deliverance, more salvation. Give us more, Lord, and may your name be lifted high in this place. And we rejoiced and celebrated on that day that God would give us greater days, greater ministry opportunities as we moved forward. So today... I want to talk again about on our two-year anniversary, and we were going to do this outside, but it's just as good inside. I want to remind us all today that we need to move forward again. We need to move forward again. Somebody said amen. See, we just finished this series, Subject to Change, and if you missed it, we were looking at people in the Bible who were sheltered for a period of time, but then came out better, ready to move forward into the call of God that was on their lives. And so we looked at Moses being sheltered for 40 years before being called back and and leading the children of Israel out of slavery. We looked at uh, all kinds of people. We looked at Daniel. We looked at Noah. We looked at Jonah. We looked at at Esther. We looked at uh, a, a a whole pile of people. And they all had this in common. They were set apart. They were sheltered. There were circumstances in their lives that they didn't like, that they didn't want. 
but they used that time to get ready to prepare and came out better for it, to move forward into the call of God. So today, as we start our new fall season, we need to move forward again. We've just experienced six months or so of radical change, and we've fallen out of habits, good habits. We've formed maybe some bad habits, uh, whatever the case may be, but this is what I'm challenging us to do. As we, as we start our new fall season, we need to move forward. We need to find ways, creative ways, to do ministry in a greater way, even though there may be things that are unique, things that we can't do quite the same. We are living in unique times, but we have a unique God. And so the Holy Spirit is never confined, he's never chained, and he's as powerful as he was today, six months ago, when, before we even thought of anything related to a virus or a pandemic. And so as we begin our fall season, I'm asking us all to consider how we can move forward, as we can move forward as, as individuals and as, as, a, as, a, as a corporate body of Christ. We have to move forward. We can't stick in the woe is me. We can't do this. Where is everybody? Why can't we run this? Why can't this happen? How come I can't do this? If we get bogged down in that, we're dead. You know what I'm saying? We're smoked already. We have to move forward and do ministry in unique ways and in new powerful ways. And so uh, I wanted, I got a, I got a few things that I, I'll share with you today, but Put up for me Romans chapter 8, and we're going to start just a couple of verses, and there's two questions that are asked in these verses. What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? Since he did not spare even his own son, but gave him up for us all, won't he also give us everything else? powerful verses. There's uh, two main questions. First one is, if God is for us, who can be against us? See, the if that he speaks, it's, he's not speaking it in doubt like, if, maybe, I hope. No, it's a rhetorical question that has an obvious answer. He's saying, he certainly is for us. He certainly is with us. And he's already already proven that fact that he is for us and with us by what he did by sending his own son. He, he already shows that he's for us by what he continues to do for us on a regular basis. He's literally working on our behalf. Jesus interceding for his family. You know, it's, and the Holy Spirit has been given to the church to empower us, to guide us, to lead us, to fill us, to make us agents of Jesus. This is a powerful force. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead now lives in you. Come on. If God is for us, who can be against us? It's time to move forward. No virus stops us. No rules stop us. I'm not talking about being mavericks and rule breakers. I'm saying get on our face and say, Lord, show us a new way. Show us a new path. Show us a new, a new method, a new structure. 
We've got to move forward. We can't fall into this malaise and apathy and feel like we're trapped. We, it's time, ladies and gentlemen. It's time, children of God, to move forward again. So it's not as if he's saying all of our enemies have already been swept away. We know that at one point that's going to happen. But he's saying this. He's, he's, he's just making the point. What can an enemy really achieve against the children of God in the long term if we have God Almighty on our side, right? He might be able to slow us down. He might be able to discourage us from time to time. But we know who wins in the end. And so certain and absolute victory is ours in Christ. It's certain. There's no doubt about it. He is God and he will do what he wants and every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. He will win and we will be on the winning side. We're talking about an unstoppable, all-powerful, indescribable God. He will not be stopped. If God is for us, who can be against us? The other question he asks is, since he didn't spare even his son, won't he give us everything else? Again, it's a rhetorical type question. You know the answer. But understand here that he's sort of arguing from the greater to the smaller, right? So, meaning, if God didn't spare his son, right? If he didn't spare Jesus the agony of the cross, if he didn't spare him from the horrendous suffering that he endured on our behalf, then he has already shown he's willing to do the hard thing, the hardest thing. Before we knew him, he loved us so much that he sent his son. He already has done the hard thing. And everything else that we need from the Lord is small compared to the death and resurrection of His Son, Jesus. Isn't that a wonderful thought? If He's already given us His Son, then we can count on Him for everything else. This is the point, right? Everything else we need is small compared to that deed that he did. See, that's how deep, that's how intense, that's how marvelous his love really is. It is literally indescribable and unknowable in, in some sense that he gave his son, and whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. So this is the truth. So he did not spare even his son. So if he, if he did the hard thing, he'll surely do the little things. So this is, this is it. So if God is for us, if he's willing to give us his son and everything else that we need to succeed, you know what there, you know what there, you know, sorry, you know what that, I'm thinking too fast again. You know where that leaves us? You know when your brain's going 10,000 miles an hour and your tongues can't catch up? I just had one of those moments, right? But where does that leave us? Where does it leave us? It leaves us with no excuse. Think about it. it. God's for us. The same spirit now dwells in us. He didn't spare his own son, and he's willing to give us everything else. Where does that leave us? With no excuse but to move forward and do his work. So how are you going to move forward? 
child of God. Please start thinking about it for you personally. How are you going to move forward? How are you going to move beyond where you are today? It doesn't matter if you've served God for 30, 40, 50, 60 years, or if you just found him last week. We all got to move forward. Someone said amen. There, we've all got to get out of any rut we're in. We've all got to deal with any sin that's left. We've all got to get the fire of the Spirit burning in our soul again. We have to move forward. Don't let COVID steal that from us. That's good preaching right there. I'm just saying. I, just thinking that. That's, that's pretty good right there. But how are you going to move beyond where you're at? How are you going to make progress? It's time to move forward. The fall is here. The summer is done. School is starting. Come on. Let's get back on the horse. Let's get going again. And so how are we going to move forward? If you're here or you're watching online, if you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, that is step one in moving forward. You must know him. You've got to find him. You've got to discover him. Please start with Jesus. He's the starter and the finisher, the Alpha and the Omega. Find him, and that's how you will move forward. How are you going to move forward? If you don't know Jesus, find him. Start right there. God is for you. You've just heard me say it, and he, will, he has the ability to help you, to change you, to literally transform your life. All you have to do is welcome him in, invite him in, say, Lord, forgive me, change me. I want to serve you and know you and follow you, and he rushes into your life and begins this, this, this whole long journey of transformation in your life. Not everything gets perfect on day one, but I'll tell you, the joy of the Lord starts day one. His strength starts day one. His presence starts day one. And you begin a journey of discovering how beautiful he really is. So you've got to start there if you don't know the Lord. So believers, how can we move forward? Well, thank you for asking because I have some thoughts on that. How do we move forward, child of God? Put up for me uh, 2 Corinthians 10.5. It says, we destroy every proud obstacle that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and we teach them to obey Christ. Romans 12.2, put that one up for me as well. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. So here's where we start, child of God, believer. We start right here. We start right here. See, 2 Corinthians 10.5, you might recognize, I read the NLT, but the, you, you know it as take every thought captive, right? Take every thought captive. And Romans 2, uh, Romans 12.2 says, let God transform you by renewing your mind and changing the way you Think, right? So the first step forward, first step forward is we have to, we have to, we have to start with our mind. We have to start with our thoughts. So, so believer, what thoughts, what beliefs are holding you back? What is stopping you personally from moving forward? 
Do you have too much fear in your mind? Is there a particular sin that seems to dominate your thoughts on a regular basis? Is your mind filled with negativity and unbelief? Do you find yourself being critical and cynical and nasty more than you should? It has to start with our mind. These thoughts must be taken captive, right? And let me just say this. To take anything captive takes a little bit of effort, okay? There's not an animal. There's not a person. There's nothing that wants to be taken captive, not a thought. You're going to have to fight for it. It's not just going to happen with you sitting in your chair. You're going to have to do something about it. it. It's going to require some effort. Thoughts must be taken captive, and to take a thought captive requires effort. Nothing, nothing good comes without effort. I want to tell you real quick a little story. Uh, most of you have already heard this, and, and um, if you haven't, then God bless you. But about uh, 1996, that is 24 years ago, is that right? Is that right? Math, mathematicians, is that right? About 24 years ago, I was in a really, really horrible car accident. And uh, I was at an intersection. I got hit head on. Uh, the other car was going about 100 kilometers an hour uh, right through an intersection. The man died. It was, a, it was a long and painful ordeal, as you can believe. My face was all smashed. I've got plates and screws in my face. And uh, I, I tell people I'm pretty as I ever was, you know, that kind of stuff. But, but, <laughs> but, but I, I want to tell you, all of that, when, when you get out of the hospital and you start to recover, I just want you to know that I understand about, about trying to get over something. Because I, I want to give you an example of something that I had to get over, and it was a serious thing. I, I was nervous to drive. Could you imagine? If that happens to you, trust me, you're nervous to get back in the car. You're nervous to go through that same intersection again. You're nervous to go on the highway. You just get nervous. You're, you're, it's fear. And I remember, I, I remember feeling it. And uh, Helen and I had to go somewhere, whatever, and I said, I'm driving. I'm driving. I said, I am a child of God this fear is not of God. This is not for me, and I refuse to let this thought dominate my mind. I am taking it captive, and I'm moving forward. But guess how you do it? You got to do it. I can, I can spout off all the verses I want if I'm sitting in my chair, but I got to get behind the wheel to get it conquered. And so I got behind the wheel, I drove downtown, drove down the 404, Don Valley Parkway, in traffic, honking, yelling, you know, all the nasty stuff. And I was like, I got my mojo back. Come on. And I've never been afraid since. I've never been afraid since. And so I, I understand, but I'm just reminding us all, we have to take these things captive. What is holding you back? What's stopping you from moving forward? You, you need to do something about it. Of course, give it to the Lord. Of course, ask the Holy Spirit to help you, give you wisdom and to deal with it. But you've got to go do something about it. You've got to take some responsibility. And so, listen, Romans 12 says God will transform you into a new person. How will he do that? It says by changing the way you think. It's powerful. 
It is powerful what is going on between our ears. What you think and what you believe about yourself will influence your actions in a huge way. It all starts here. Taking control of your thoughts is vital if you want to move forward and to get past your issues. It's just the truth. So I went longer on that, but maybe somebody needed that today. Start, start, child of God, with what's going on in your thoughts and take every thought captive that doesn't belong to Christ and make sure that the enemy is not doing something to you that the Lord doesn't want ha to happen in your life. Okay, so that's two. I'm asking us as believers to take the next step in discipleship. So you're a follower of God, you're a disciple of Jesus, and we need to take responsibility to move forward. We need to take responsibility to go deeper and to get stronger. We have to take responsibility to find ways to start loving Jesus more. We have to do that ourselves. So what is the next step for you? and you, and you, and you. It's going to be different for all of us. Like maybe some, as Pastor Jordan was up here doing announcements, I mean, maybe somebody here needs to join a small group. Maybe you need the care, the accountability. Maybe you need the Bible study. Maybe you need to find an area where you can serve. Maybe you need to do something. Maybe that's you. Maybe you need to discipline yourself better with your time. Maybe you need to be feeding your mind and your heart more godly things. One thing that COVID has done, listen, let, let's break it right now. Netflix is not the answer for all of your downtime. It's not. Facebook, social media, Instagram, they're lovely and terrible at the same time. There is so much rot on that stuff. You click a video, it leads you down the wrong path, and oh, good Lord, what's coming on our screen and where we're spending our time. Listen, you have to take responsibility for that, you and you alone. It is our eyes, our thoughts. We have to take the next step in discipleship. We have to find ways to move forward, go deeper, get stronger. So, you know, and let me, let me just say this too. Uh, I, I call it self-feeding right? So, and what I mean is this, no matter how awesome the sermons are on Sunday, and they are just awesome, okay? <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you're a guest, somebody's going to think I'm nuts watching online. But no matter how great the services are when we come, we feel and experience the, 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 the spirit of the Lord, and the word is, is broken and preached from myself or one of the other pastors, no matter how good it is, I, I want you to know you need more. You need more. There's, there's a whole seven days that'll go by, and if that's what you're counting on, man, you're going to run out of gas real fast. Sunday's good. Monday's okay, but by the time Tuesday afternoon comes, you need a little shot, you know? You just, you're just going to need more, and that's what I call self-feeding. You've got to feed yourself, right? So you've got to read more quality books, more, more uh, good articles. You've got to listen to podcasts or sermons. You've got to do uh, personal devotions or Bible studies. You find a strong believer uh, and form a new friendship. Do something that will add value to your life. This is your responsibility. Do something different. Change. 
moving forward, progress. It's only going to be made if you move forward with new things. You know, if you keep doing the same thing over and over again, you'll get the same results. Somebody at home said it, I know. I heard. I heard. Yeah, I heard. Listen, you're just going to get the same thing. And some of us have lots of good habits, and I thank the Lord for those. But listen, COVID has interrupted our lives. It's broken a lot of our good habits, and it's time to move forward. It's time to say, God, I got to get back. I got to get back. I got to get back. I got to move forward. I got to get into it again. I got to start doing stuff that will add value to my life. I've got to add something different if I'm going to add new value into my life. So don't just do the same thing. Do something different. A new thing that will, that will help you take the next step in discipleship. And it doesn't matter how long we've known the Lord, we all have another step to take. Someone said amen. amen. Right? We all have another step to take, me included. Lastly, we need to pray more. Just need to pray more. So believers, how are we going to move forward? I'm saying take, take your thoughts captive. Take the next step in discipleship. And we've just simply got to pray more. We, we are in a battle and we need divine intervention. We can't win on our own, but we can win with Jesus. So we need his wisdom. We need his guidance. We need his power. We need his love. These things come to us in greater measure when we pray. It comes through prayer. If you don't pray at all, then start to pray even a couple of minutes a day. If you regularly pray, I'm encouraging us all to find ways to do more. If we are to operate with his unction, with his anointing, we need all the prayer we can get. We've got to find space in our lives to find Jesus again. If we want to see miracles, if we want to see changed lives, if we want to see great things happen, if we want to see the greater glory, if we want to see the greater ministry opportunities, if we're going to move forward, it has to come through prayer. God's people have to take it seriously. God's people have to get back to it. It's how we move forward. It's how we, we connect with him. It's how he pours in strength and wisdom and guidance into our lives. He says, I'll remove your fear. I remember so many times building this building two years ago when we moved in. It all was lovely for you, but I'll tell you, there was, there was a price I paid. And lots of you know, I was scared many times. And I would go into my office. You remember the phrase that I kept telling you? I was saying, Lord, just show me what's the next right thing. I, I, the elephant is too big to eat. I, we don't have enough people. We don't have enough money. What are you calling us to do this for? I'm scared, Lord. I don't know what to do. I'm not smart enough. If I didn't have prayer, I, I, would, I, I don't even know where I'd be. I have lost my mind. I'd have gone cuckoo, I think. You, you have to pray. We have to pray. Sometimes things get so big. I just said that to say sometimes things in our lives get so big that we're so overwhelmed that we're almost, we're almost like intimidated to pray. It's just like, I don't even know where to start. It's so big. So uh, 
Trust me, I know the feeling. So this is what I did. I got on my knees and I said, Jesus, just show me what the next right thing to do is. What's the next right thing to do? Who should I call? What should I do? What meeting do I need to have? Who do I need to reach out to? What's the next step? And if I didn't hear anything, guess what I did that day? Nothing. Not that I did do nothing, nothing, but I, in terms of building project, I did nothing because I didn't know what to do because God didn't tell me. And I waited until he said, do this. And I felt this impression and this burn. To, I got to call that guy. And I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And I would call that guy and he'd say, oh, man, funny you called. I just have the right guy that can fix that. And boom, a door opens and something, something that I, I never knew happens, right? It's, this is what the Holy Spirit does. I remember when we were going for the zoning. And Rob, you would remember. <laughs> very, very distinctly you would remember. The Lord used you to help us get this building. Did you know that? That's the truth. That's the truth. But I, 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 we were told by the town that we couldn't get the zoning, that we weren't allowed to have a church here, that you shouldn't try, you shouldn't push it, that it would all get defeated and you weren't allowed to buy this property, so don't waste your time. When that happened, on that day, we had a meeting uh, in the mayor's office and I think it was Vic and maybe Owen was were with me and the three of us walked out. I described it as a dog walking out with, a tail, with his tail between his legs. It was a pretty discouraging moment. And I, we got out into the parking lot, and I was trying to think, okay, Lord, I'm the leader. What are we going to do here? So I looked to the guys, and I say, guys, if I wasn't a believer, this is one of those moments in life when you'd probably go get a strong drink. <laughs> and then we laughed, and I said, so let's go get some big, some, some black coffee. And then we laughed, and we went over to McDonald's, and we drank coffee, and we talked, and I said, guys, I don't care what he says, he's wrong. That land is ours. That building is going to be there. And I don't know how God's going to do it, but we don't give up because one man says no. And so there was so much going on. And, and I, I think back to uh, two years ago when we walked in here. It was so glorious, so wonderful. There was no doubt that God had done this. And there was no doubt that God was calling us to something. And so to move forward as a church, we've got to pray more. Listen, it's something that we all know. We all, as believers, we all know. It's something that we all believe in. It's nothing anybody here would argue with me about. So as Nike says, let's just do it. Let's just do it. Okay? So... I'm not talking about, listen, prayer can be so creative and wonderful. It's not like you have to lay down on your face. I mean, if you want to, you can. You can do anything you want. But I'm just saying, find margin in your life. Pray to him when you're standing in the shower. Pray when you're driving in your car. Just talk to Jesus. Find little gaps. Take some time in the morning. Read some verses. Take some time at night. Open your Bible. Keep it on your nightstand. Read a few verses if, before you close your eyes at night. Like, do something. But get closer. Get connected. Pray more. Take that next step. So it's really, really important. So do those three things 
thoughts, take the next step into in discipleship and pray. If we can do this, then we can move forward and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. So listen, to move forward as a church, I've been thinking about two important things. And uh, we were going to talk about this at our annual meeting that was back in March. That feels like about uh, a lifetime ago. But uh, uh, two things that we were, we were going to try to focus on this year, and uh, they're still in my heart, and I still want to share them with you. Two things that the Lord was speaking to me about was discipleship and the Holy Spirit. Those two things I felt really strongly for this year, 2020, and moving forward into, into uh, a new season of ministry. We needed to focus on those two things. So I wrote down, remember a couple years ago at an annual meeting, I, I, I had a wish list, right? You remember that, some of you? And I wrote this wish list of things that I wished uh, to see. Well, I kind of did that again, and I'm going to share them with you. I wrote down five things for discipleship and five things for the Holy Spirit, and I call them what I hope to see, okay? What I hope to see. So here they are for discipleship. Let's start there. Number one, I hope to see every person in the church committed to personal growth in Jesus and connected somehow to a small group. Number two, I hope to see every person in the church take steps towards greater generosity with their money, with their time, and with their talent. We have got to get there. Number three, I hope to see a growing desire in all of us to expand our outreach and our missions, that it must become a greater passion in our lives. Number four, I hope to see more salvations, more baptisms, more baby dedications as a direct result of our commitment to share our faith in a greater way. Number five, I hope to see an increase in mature believers committing themselves to mentoring. And let me just explain that. I had this thought a number of weeks ago that there are, honestly, I know you people, and you're awesome. Did you know that? Seriously. There are so many awesome people. I, I'm not joking. I'm not just being like a politician, just saying stuff that I don't mean, okay? I mean it. You people are awesome. There are so many people here that love the Lord have so much to offer, and sometimes we're just not making the connection with either a younger believer or a sister in Christ who needs a boost or a brother who needs an accountability partner. We've got to find ways to connect better. It's not just all on me or on a pastoral staff. It's on us. This is our church, and you have something to give. You have something to offer, and we need to take steps in committing ourselves to mentoring. Find somebody that you can mentor. If you're young and you need help, then find someone that you feel would be a good match for you. If you need help, then come to the staff and we'll try to hook you up with someone. But we can't just walk in on Sunday, say howdy doody, and walk out when people are hurting and you have so much to help. You can, you can do more than I can. I can't run around meeting everybody. But if all of us are meeting with one person, a coffee, a breakfast, inviting them over, socially distance outside, I don't care how you do it, but find a way to connect. Don't let COVID stop us. It's nonsense. We have to find a way to move forward. So I've gone overtime. Is that okay? And by the way, after we... Uh, we had planned cookies and coffee and a little snacky time. 
uh, upgraded snacks, as I like to call them. We're still going to do it, okay? But uh, we have to do it outside. So we're going to have coffee and cookies and some snacks outside. So if you even can't stay, grab a cookie and a coffee to go. But if you can stay for a, a few minutes, we can socially distance outside under the canopy. The rain is stopped, and we can, uh, we can just hang out a, a few minutes. Uh, and I encourage you to do that. And the ladies are going now to get all that ready. So, so hang in there, and, uh, and we'll do that. Okay, so let me, let me just finish as i got to wrap up here. So for the Holy Spirit, here's five things that I hope to see in regards to the Holy Spirit. Number one, I hope to see the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit more evident in our services. Number two, I hope to see prayer made more of a priority in all of our lives. Number three, I hope to see the river of God that has been spoken over this church come to fruition, to see people experience life change, health, hope, and, 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 and just transformation that the river will provide when it flows. Number four, I hope to see a growing desire in all of us for the Holy Spirit. We need to experience more of his power. Some of us need his baptism and a fresh baptism. Some of us need growth in the fruits of the Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit and we need him now. More than we've ever needed him. If this time has not got us thinking about the end, then I don't know where your head's been. It has this apocalyptic feel to it, right? We got to move on. And we need the power of the Spirit or we're dead. Number five, last, I hope to see a growing sensitivity to the leading of the Spirit and the courage to do what he says. You see, sometimes the Holy Spirit will tell you something and you're too chicken to go do it. We have to hear his voice and we have to have the courage to do his voice. You with me? It's a, it's a, it's a sort of a, a thing that we need together. So I've gone on. Thank you for your patience. Let me just read this and we'll close. Stand with me as we close. Philippians chapter 3, put it up for me. I don't mean to say that I've already achieved these things that I've already reached perfection, but I, I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. It is time to press on. It is time to move forward. It is time to put our excuses in the rearview mirror. It's time to get busy. It's time to be the children of God. And we need him, and we can do it, and we can see great things. And this virus and this world should not be our excuse, but should be the reason that compels us that this world needs Jesus more than ever. We need to take him to the streets. We need to find ways. And so listen, press on, move forward. Whatever that means in your life, whatever it means in your life, take that next step and let's go after God together. Come on, Jesus is great. He is worthy to be served and every sacrifice that we've ever made for him in this life will be paid back a million fold in the next. He is worth serving. He is a great God. Come on, let's bow together and pray. Thank you, Father, today. You are awesome and you are great. 
There is truly none like you, Jesus. We serve you because you're the one. You're the truth. You're the way. No one gets to the Father but through the Son. So we thank you today that we have you in our lives. May we carry your power, your anointing, Lord, your unction, your wisdom, your love, your compassion, your mercy. Lord, we are short in all of those things, but we ask you today to fill us up that we may be, Lord, your vessels. We may be your instruments. We may be the people of God used to see greater glory come to our community and to our churches so fill us up and use us lord move forward church let us move forward together lord jesus in the name and in the power of the holy spirit god's people said amen amen god bless you thanks for listening to stovall pentecostal church audio podcast more information about Stovall Pentecostal Church, including service times, please visit our website at www.spcfamily.ca. Have a good week and God bless.